Welcome to How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days, the podcast where we talk about the opinions of old people and young people, from fair wages, carbon zero, sheen halls, and everything else in between. Hi everybody, welcome to How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days. My name is Holly. And I'm Zandy, and we're your hosts for today's episode. So today, we're talking education. Education reform. This is kind of off the back of National's new, like, um, newly announced education plan where they've like said some stuff. So that's got a lot of people thinking about education. So we thought that it's a poignant thing to talk about for today's topical. podcast. It's topical. Yes, that's a better yep. word. Hopefully, you've all been through some amount of schooling in your life. So w- whether or not that's a New Zealand system or not. So I think today what we're going to be doing is we'll kind of do a bit of an analysis of the current system and then go through like a few different parties and things that they say they want to change or keep the same or what they say about education and kind of just like have a chat about those. And then we'll finish it off a little bit with our thoughts on the whole issue. Like maybe what parties should be focusing on. Instead. Maybe. Hopefully yeah. that'll become implicit by the time we talk about a bunch of different stuff. Maybe you'll realise what we think by the end of the podcast. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> that being said, our opinions are not always correct. I like to think that they are, but you know. Yeah. You're welcome to come and challenge us sometime. Yeah. All right, so let's get right into it. So the New Zealand education system, it's all right. It's not fantastic. And it's not been doing the greatest job of light. New Zealand, yeah. for a long time, we were ranked in the top 10 of the OECD countries when it came to education and educational outcomes. But in recent years and decades, we've been dropping, particularly in math, but more recently and more worryingly in like, write, reading and writing as well. Yeah. Like, although Holly can't do math, she can definitely read and write. I, I can't do math, but I can write a good essay. Yeah. I think I saw somebody... I don't know if it's somebody I know who owns this shirt or if I just saw this or something. I think that there's somebody I saw who is wearing a shirt. I apologize if I know you and I just can't remember it, that it was you who was wearing the shirt, but it said something on it like, only 70% of New Zealand adults will be able to properly read this t-shirt <laughs> or like it had to like I can't remember the exact stat, but it, but, it, but it was something quite concerning and it was just like obviously quite like funny. Yeah satirical t-shirt and i think that that just kind of says a lot like to, to the point at which you can create t-shirts being like i don't think people will be able to read this you're kind of like hmm that's probably not so good <laughs> i mean yeah like university's been saying for a while actually that people are coming in to university for not having like anywhere near the right level of like basic reading and writing skills that they should and they need to have to succeed at yeah uni. i th- i think that that's right like i've been talking to um some people who like mark um, certain papers and that kind of thing and they've been like quite shocked at just like the the level of like kids don't know how to use capitalization in like actual sentences like like kids aren't writing complete sentences and are not using punctuation correctly or capitalizing things correctly like it's actually completely random and yeah i was having a conversation with some people and they were like that's just like quite concerning we didn't realize it was that bad yeah because like one of my friends is currently doing like a first year course mm. and she was like yeah they gave me a whole sheet like a whole like 20 page booklet being like this is a verb this is a noun Oh this gosh. is how you capitalize a sentence. That's that's not good. And that's good. what they've been doing for the first three that's weeks. That's not good. So, no. Can I ask what kind of degree that is? It was Info Systems. Yeah. Which, you know, you would think would do a lot of reading and writing. I don't actually know what Info Systems really does. It's yeah, process- it's, I think it's processing a lot of information. Oh, that like, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's probably <laughs> something that you should know how to do right? if you're studying Info Systems. But, like, I think, I think, like, this isn't like to try and attack. Like, attack the kids who can't do this like i think that this is 
like a larger reflection of the issue within our system of we're not teaching kids how to do this well enough. Yeah, it's a symptom that we're sort of failing these kids. Here's probably the more controversial aspect of it. So because the universities, like I was saying earlier, have like kept complaining about this. Mm. NCI finally went to NZQA. And they're we, like, we need to like, We need this. to like find a way of like making sure kids who are going to uni can in fact read and write. We need to find a way that universities can know that these kids can read and write. So NZQA, in all their wisdom, was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to impose a compulsory literacy, numeracy, um, and I think, well, reading, writing, and Reading, ma- writing, and like tests. maths, basically, yeah. yeah. But basically, they brought in these free tests, mm. and um, they did a pilot program last year. Oh, and like so many of the kids failed, like a horrific amount of them just failed. I just, I've got it right here in front of me. And apparently at Decile, like Decile 1 schools, only 2% of the kids who took the pilot passed. It's that's n- that's horrific. 98% of those kids I failed. think, literally. And here's the thing. If they failed, they wouldn't get NCA. The inequality in our schooling system is horrific, for real. Yeah, but then, like, as soon as those kids aren't even getting NCA, there's literally nothing for them after high school, right? Which just, like, creates, like, systems that just, like, inexplicably make things so much worse and widening, like, the wealth gap and poverty gap in our country. Exactly. Because if you don't allow people to, like, even achieve qualifications. But isn't that why NCA level one was created? Was just, like, so kids could have a qualification? Like, it's literally designed to pass, right? So I think that it's even more concerning that you still have kids who fail that. Yeah, it's, it, it, I think it's particularly to give employers, like, just an idea that these kids have actually gone through high school. Because, yeah. like, if you if you show up to a job with no qualifications whatsoever, no high school diploma, no nothing. Yeah, you, yeah, you, like, you basically empo- just have nothing to show as, up as far, as far as the employer knows, you, haven't, you, you dropped out of primary school, you know? Right, yeah, no, no, fair, fair. I suppose that's right. Um, Yeah, so, like, I think just at least having some qualification is better than nothing, right? Yeah. But if you're, if you're staking, if you're staking the ability to achieve NCA on these, like, university entrance qualifications, we don't need everybody, everybody in our country to have university level, like, academia skills right like in terms of reading and writing i think that it's beneficial to get people to a level at which they can like actually articulate themselves and write properly and be able to like write professional emails and letters when they're required to because i think that's a skill that you need but i think i just use grammarly <laughs> grammarly this is a plug Sandy's actually sponsored by grammarly um but yeah but like uh, yeah i think i think that you don't necessarily need to make that the whole nca like Zandy and i were talking about this before and then he was just like just just make it university entrance. Like, if you yeah. want to go to university, you have to get these things. But if you don't want to go to university, just achieve NCA um, and just, like, make sure that that happens for kids, right? Like, yeah. I suppose the counter-argument is, is that these tests were designed with, like, the OECD standards for what's, like, considered bare minimum requirements to okay, survive okay. in society. Now you say that. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know if it was bare minimum requirements. It was more like... What like, you, like, 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 recommended. The recommended level to, like, participate fully in, like... Advanced yeah, side. no, but like, like, yeah, I think, okay, well, as soon as you say that, then I'm like, okay, then that makes sense. I think that yeah. we should make kids do this. Because also, like, if you can't do that, that impedes your ability to, like, understand political material, be able to, like, vote properly in your election and understand things that people are telling you, so then you can, like, make decisions with your best interests in mind. And I think that if you have people who aren't able to do that, that just really severely affects their way of life. It also just, like, impacts your ability to, like, read a job contract, find out what you're signing up for. Yeah, or just, like, exactly. Do any sort of saving properly or like any sort of financial management. Yeah, literally. Okay. Well, like with that in mind, I think that it's probably good that we teach these. But I think I think it's bad to just institute them and just be like, let them all fail. Yeah, I think it's bad to bring it in. It's like where he's like, let them die. Because the thing is like, it's not the choice of these kids to fail the test. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like not the choice of the kids to fail. Like it's just that fact we've let them down educationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
important preface to this is that I think that most people who are politically engaged in New Zealand acknowledge that the education system is really not that good, except perhaps Chris Hipkins. He seems to be on the defense. He has said that he's a staunch, staunch uh, defender of our education system. Which I think the system is okay. I think it's just the level that the system delivers that is not good. I, I think the system's okay. It just needs to be reformed. I think that you can't be a defender of the system and also say that it probably needs somewhat drastic reform, right? Like, I think well, that those things are, like, a little bit exclusive. I mean, to be fair, I always considered him talking about that in relation to charter schools and being like, the public schooling system is bad, but, like, it's way better than charter schools, so I'm going to defend the public school system. That's how I interpret oh, it all okay, the time. Yeah, well, also, I think on top of that, it's important to note that Chris Hopkins has also been education minister for, like, more years yeah. than I can remember, right? I think that he's had a decent amount of time to acknowledge that there are issues with the system. And I think that it's like not that good that like nothing has come out of the government that's like, here's a policy we're instituting to do this. Well, I mean, they have proposed a curriculum revamp themselves, but we'll get into that one after we discuss so national policy. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So, so what did National propose as like a solution to this problem, given okay. that they think the education system is bad? Basically, it was structure, structure, and more structure. Yes. Um, so um, firstly, firstly, they were like, we need math, math reading, reading, and, and writing. writing. And like one hour each of those things on, on average per day, right? Yeah. And I think that this isn't necessarily a bad thing to have that as a requirement, but I think that it's weird to stake your whole policy on that. Like, 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 what do you reckon that teachers are doing? Like, do you think that teachers are just like not teaching kids those things? Because I think that it's quite likely that, likely that teachers are doing these things. It's just more like they're obviously not doing them to the required standard, but I don't think well, that requiring them to do it for a set period of, per day will just automatically increase the outcome i like i don't think that it's necessarily that bad to require those things but i just think it's weird that they've been like this is the main reform because i think it's unlikely that most teachers don't do that do you know what i mean like then you need to look into what the deeper issue is but we're getting into that one later we'll we'll get into this later (laughs) do you know that i was judging um a debate the other day and i did hear the point these these are from from some from some like semi-young high school kids and it was it was it was Teachers really love their jobs and therefore love their kids, that like the kids that they teach. So therefore, we don't need to pay them more because they obviously <gasps> just do it for the love of the job and not the money, <laughs> which I thought was like quite fun. And then the teacher who was in the room seemed quite offended by that take, which 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 I don't understand. But anyways, I thought that was just quite funny. So that's the first aspect yeah. of their the, policy. The second big aspect of it is standardized testing. They a lot want, of it. A lot of it. They want to do two te- give these students two like give all students from year three to year eight, I believe, mm. two tests a year on reading, writing, and math. They claim the reason for it is that there's no current nation- nationwide standardized testing in place until you hit year 11. So you really don't know how your kids are doing until then, is but the argument. I was so sure that I did standardized testing when I was in primary school. That's because we had national standards. They got rid of it when Labor came in. Oh. Yeah, stay They nines. would... They would- place me in the class depending on how how good my my maths was my maths wasn't that good I've, I've never been a maths girly because i haven't done maths in so long this is a real issue actually this is a real issue for me i haven't done maths in so long because my high school didn't require it that now i actually cannot do basic maths very efficiently or well and i have to rely on my calculator so basically they want to do a lot of standardized testing i don't understand how this necessarily works because i think that 
as per all of their statistics, they've said that like most kids are below average in maths. How do you know that, right? If they're trusting those statistics to be correct, then you already know that kids aren't well, achieving highly enough. So why are you just testing them? What to like reinforce the fact that you know that they're not good enough? I, I think it comes in twofold because what they're really saying is that these kids aren't good enough when they reach high school, right? They're right. years behind when they hit year 11. And by that time, it's just too late to reverse it. Mm, okay. Right. So that's, they're saying that this would allow the parents to sort of be like, okay, my kid's behind. They need support. This is, this is the other part of the thing, which is slightly more complicated. Basically, nowadays, they do three-year bands, right? So if mm. you're within a three-year band, you're within expectations. So they say that like kids who so are between- So if you're a year three, like achieving at a year one level, that's fine. Yes. That's the controversial Ooh, part. Well, that- but, well, they say that it's because not all students learn at the same rate. I think right? that that's true. And some students learn a lot faster in certain areas and some students learn a lot slower in other areas. Like, yeah. Right? And that's, that's completely fine. Right? And they're saying this is how we should do it, right? So as a result, parents don't really know where their kids are relative to, like, the ideal student, like, the ideal average student until, like, they sort of hit high school level where you actually get that graded. Mm-mm. Right. I think I think that's that's, so, that's a really interesting point because I think like I think I think that testing them once a year is fine and I think that when the information just goes directly to the parent and the kid is not aware of that then I think that makes it better because I think that you, you cause stress and like upsetness for kids if you tell them that like oh you are below the average you're worse at most people at school and I mean, you're bad I guess I guess the issue I have of it is it's inherently like almost classist. Standardized testing means that like teachers have to spend a lot of time marking and doing a lot of paperwork for these kids, right? And figuring out where they compare against others, like the, the national average. Yeah. Right. So they can't actually spend as much time teaching these kids. Secondly, it assumes that the only reason why it's a good thing is that parents can use this information to go and help their kids. Right. But a lot of parents, single 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 parents or like come from families that they both have to work and they don't actually have the time or the resources to dedicate to those kids. It, it, it's definitely helpful to certain groups. Uh, well, like, yeah, I think, I think but, that, I think that having that information available is not necessarily a bad thing for parents. In the case that they do want to help their children, and 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 and, and I think that there are lots yeah. of people who are not like the rich people in society who still do want to help their children. Oh, I, I completely like agree. But I think that I think that you're right in saying that, like, at the point at which teachers already have to do so much that we already know that underpaid and have worked. If you're giving them extra standardized testing to do, compare and give regular updates on, they're more stressed because they like don't have time to make a lesson plan properly for that day, or maybe they've only planned half of it, and maybe they actually haven't figured out what they're going to do tomorrow, right? Because they've yeah. still got 30 papers to mark. And it's, yeah, I guess it just puts a lot of pressure on the teachers. And- I, I think this kind of comes into what I'm thinking about it, but I think that with the money that you're going to put into creating standardised testing and enforcing that and distributing that to schools and figuring out what the national average should be or whatever, I think that with all of that money you're going to spend, you could just put that into, like, the education system in terms of paying teachers more, getting more people to be teachers, because at the point at which you do that, it means that you have more teachers to do things, which means teachers aren't stressed and can actually just spend more time teaching the kids. We and like that is actually just how you get all of those better outcomes. I don't like this is what this is what somebody said to me today. They said, Weighing the pig does not fatten the pig. <laughs> I love that quote. And I think that's so real. No, I agree. And like for my like my my dislike of this like, whole like the whole idea of like going back to standardized testing. It's just that like in the states, that's what they do. Like they do, they do, they constantly standardize test these kids, and it like they've been do, they've been going all it's in. It's just on like it an like, old school mechanism well, of doing. Not things. even then, like they've been going all in since like like the early two thousands, hmm. and it hasn't changed educational achievement except to make it worse because it just devotes resources and money 
from teaching kids to exactly. assessing them. I think that it's relatively easy to see that kids are far behind. And I think that testing them does not improve anything in that sense. And also, like, the thing is, kids do learn at different rates. And that's not in itself a bad thing as long as they learn the thing at the end of the day. Yeah. And if you're telling kids that, like, because, you know, some kids, they find it really hard to be at school for the first couple of years. But by the time they hit year three, they're like, oh, I understand everything and I'm ready to go. Right. Mm. And they're ready to learn. But, like, if you just sort of, like, tell these kids from, like, a really early age that they're not smart, like, they're, they're not where they should be or they're dumb or, like, they need extra help or, like, they need, like, there's something wrong with them. Like, when they're still developing, that's, like, a good way of putting them off wanting to learn. Yeah, I, th- I think it just curbs all motivation that they have to want to do something because they've already just accepted that, like, they are just bad at this thing. Basically, that is what National wants to do. They want to implement strong, standardised testing in schools and um, they also want to m- have kids doing a three-hour average of reading, writing, wa- and maths. And they want to get rid of the, the three-year age band and just make it a single year. Like, this year in this, like in this year of school, oh. they need, must learn X, Y, and Z. And in this year of school, they must learn X, Y, and Z. And in this year. I think that's bad. Also, just yeah. socially for kids. So, what do other parties think? Of education in general. Labour, not many thoughts happening, I think, I mean, is a general vibe. It just, just, it just in, in general, I think all the parties agree that education is inherently good. Oh, <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not saying that parties be like, guys, 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 we shouldn't teach primary school because they should just work in the minds. But like how they want to go about it, slightly different. Labour don't really have any explicit policy on improving education. They've just said, we want to build better classrooms... And we're boosting support for students. Like, that doesn't necessarily solve the problem. Or, like, even if they are throwing a bunch of money at it, it doesn't seem to be working So we're not getting any pay rises or any benefit in the education system to the degree that we can see it. So, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem to be working either way. Um, I've got, I've got ACT here. All I've... All I've got is the as one of the main things for ACT is that they want to establish a $250 million a year teaching excellence reward fund, which basically gives teachers performance pay. Performance pay, yeah. If your if your kids get good grades, they will give teachers bonuses. Firstly, I think that just like puts a disadvantage on teachers who are teaching kids with like dyslexia, dyscalculia, and like have other like learning requirements. I think that that's just really bad. Um, and you just like might not be fortunate and might not get a class of like the little geniuses, right? And also like, especially in schools that are larger and like it's just one teacher, every, like you get a new teacher every year, like a, a teacher gets a new class every year. That's not really representative of, of your teaching at all. I mean, like that's not, to, that's not, that's not to understate the effect the teachers have, obviously. Oh, like, no, it's, it's no, important, no. but like, Measuring like like paying Me- teachers, paying teachers based on like individual teachers, yeah, paying individual bad. teachers based on like a collective effort is just weird to me. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I I just think that if you're spending two hundred and fifty million dollars, the entire reason that teachers are striking at the moment is because they're like we are overworked and underpaid and we cannot deliver and teach our students properly. Like everyone involved in the education system has been saying this for years and years and years. It's kind of accepted that that is the main problem at the moment, right? So given that we're accepting that and we're seeing a bunch of strikes and issues with the education system, why do you not just go and fix the stem of the issue if you know what it is? It's so weird to me that you would put 
$250 million into an extra bonus fund for teachers when you could just give them more resources to actually do stuff for their kids. So then you have more teachers going into education system. You have more people in schools. Maybe you can like class share. That means you've got two teachers able to actually like mark work properly and give one-on-one teaching and help kids learn the things they need to need to learn. It infuriates me a little bit, as you can tell. I was thinking about getting a teaching diploma, but then I'm like, no, I won't because I don't get paid enough and it's not a sustainable thing for me. And like, for real, if teachers got paid a lot more, I would become a teacher, not a primary school teacher because my tolerance for small children is way too low, but I would become like a high school teacher if they got paid more and the working conditions weren't so horrible because I've just seen so many things being like, don't become a teacher. People are just like, you'll cry every day. So I'm not going to do yeah. that. I think someone has just some really wholesome moments. I, I suspect you cry less as a primary school teacher. I don't know. I think kids could be menaces. Oh, but yeah, nines. They're horrid. Okay. But um, like moving on, moving on. Moving on. So, so act, that seems to be their main thing. I'm just having a little scroll at the moment and I can't really see that much. Oh, except a student education accounts. It looks like that they, that they still want to create to make tertiary education like quite accessible, which I think is just like what, what we have at the moment. I think that's a good thing to continue. I, I support policy that makes tertiary education accessible for people. Um, and I think that's really good. And the Green Party is proposing basically throwing way more money at the system. Mm. And they're saying that we should raise teacher salaries. We should um, build like proper classrooms. We should invest a lot in like early childhood education, all that sort of stuff. Mm, yeah, early childhood education is a big one. The Greens' big push is just the idea that schools don't shouldn't be reliant on donations to function. Or like oh, a school yeah. fair. Like, because I remember I was at my primary school and we were in like a decile nine or ten zone. I think 10. Yeah, I think I was in like, high decile school. We were so. really reliant on the school fair. School the galas, they slapped. They were Time good. of my life, I won't like, lie. Best time ever. It was pretty good. It was really good. main thoughts about education from parties i think we'll probably see a little bit more policy coming out closer to the election so hopefully we can give more again then yeah yeah well we can we can we can give some little updates and things so what do we think about it what do we think about it i just think that i don't know like i said i think it's implicit what i think i think that the issue is that teachers don't have enough money and resources and there aren't enough teachers to be able to teach kids well i mean yeah i pretty much agree with a lot of that but the thing here's the thing i'll say from my experience right especially with like stuff like math that New Zealand really struggles on. Um, it, teachers are almost left on their own to teach it. Like at my primary school, my, te- like my school actually had to spend good amounts of money creating a maths curriculum for us because they got no guidance from the government or very limited guidance in the form of like resources, like sort mm. of like worksheets and stuff like for kids to work through from the government. They just didn't get those resources. And in, in, in like year seven and eight, like we, like our teacher was like, like their son was like in charge of number works. So we got all the number work stuff and like we were able to use that, but like most schools wouldn't have that. So it yeah. seems to me like all this stuff about talking about reshuffling the education curriculum. It's just I did sort a lot of, of mathletics as a year seven. Yeah. I did some athletics too, but it's like, <laughs> it's like give the teachers the resources, right? Not just like financial resources, but like yeah, actual like stuff actual, to like, teach yeah. their kids it's with. It's always good yeah. to give people like classroom stationery and stuff and like make it build a nice classroom, but like just give them the content that teachers need. Like, because mm. let's be honest here. Teachers, especially in primary school, like, like anywhere, they aren't guarded every area, right? No. And and this is obviously a generalization, but by and large, most teachers are not the most confident when it comes to math. They tend to be like teaching tends to become be more from the BA section. 
specifically like people who do have like um a university degree in maths like if if they want to become teachers they will have a specialist education and then then become like a specific high school teacher in math like it's not people who have a specific degree in a science who are going to become a primary school teacher largely it's people i mean some do but yeah yeah but i think it's fair to say that a lot of teachers come from the ba spectrum so like yeah and there's nothing wrong with that but it does mean that like when it comes to teaching something like math or science they're obviously weaker because like sure they've probably passed you know the the like NCA math or whatever yeah. like the equivalent of math, but like that doesn't necessarily mean that like they're good at math or they're confident in teaching it. They, their heart's in the right place, and like like they have a lot of like obstacles towards teaching these kids. Mm. And the the major one in my mind is just a lack of actual resources for them, like just subject like, resources. Tell them what exactly you're supposed like, to be teaching the kids. Like well, not even that. Like just saying like just saying, hey, we need you to teach the kids algebra. Okay, so the teachers now have to figure it out. But they're saying, hey. We need you to teach the kids algebra, but we also have like a whole bunch of worksheets that you can use. You don't have to, but you can use them to teach these kids. Right. They'll probably use those worksheets. Yeah. They aren't themselves confident in the, the subject. And then, and then also, I think that that just creates way more equitable outcomes. If you say that like schools aren't relying on donations and that kind of thing, if every school has access to the same kinds of resources and kids are getting taught in the same kind of way, no matter like what kind of community they come from, then that just creates a more equitable education system. Yeah. And at the same time, it sort of like retains the teacher's ability to be like, hey, so like I'm going to like hold off on teaching that this year because I think my students aren't ready for it. But next year, I'm going to teach these kids like algebra. Right? Yeah, exactly. And that's completely fair as, as well. And like it caters to the individual students' needs and individual classes mm. as opposed to a more prescriptive approach. Yeah. The other thing that's I'll a pretty say. pretty good thought. The other thing I'll, I'll say. Give you that one. Which complicates this entire thing is that a lot of education stuff in New Zealand isn't really evidence based. Oh. This is I my, didn't know this. This is my mini round. So Mini rant. Ministry of Education for I think since like since John Key was in charge, so quite a mm. way, a long time ago, has been really pushing this whole idea of like open plan learning or like barn style classrooms. Barn style. That, I mean, livestock. Yeah, basically, Put them in but a it's pen. like it's it's sort of like classrooms with like there's just what like it's like schools where there's just like a couple of big rooms and they have like temporary walls they can put up. And the idea is it's supposed to promote learning between like years eight and like one and like there's like a whole merging. And Interesting. So basically it goes beyond classroom learning and like goes to other stuff. But the thing is, is there's no actual evidence to back it up. And they've So pr- we just built a bunch of barn well, style classrooms yeah. for no reason. Well, pretty much. It's, not only that, <laughs> is that they basically said to the schools, like primary schools and stuff, and like high schools, that if you want a new building, it has to be built this way. We won't give you funding for anything other oh, than these buildings. What? So a lot of schools and a lot of parents really hate them, right? And a lot of te- pa- like teachers find it it's really hard. There is a bit of an issue when it comes to education where reform isn't being considered on a fact, like on a facts-based level, but rather just vibes. Thank you for listening to Zandi's Rad. <laughs> I hope that's been a fairly good wrap-up of what the education system looks like, how it's changed, why it's changed, what we want to change. Um, and people's different opinions on it. It yeah. should be good. Thank you for listening. And as always, we hope you enjoyed. it.